Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I have returned from my holiday. Uh, it's your host, Adam Cousins, and I am here to do the AEW Dynamite Review Show. Um, again, the cracking uh, venue of the KFC Yum Center in Louisiana, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, was uh, the the stadium or this the arena that AEW chose to do Dynamite on. And there was two big championship matches on Dynamite. Plus, MJF needed mystery partners for his match with Bullet Club Gold um, a bit later on in the show. So. Interesting one to see who his partner was. And that's how AEW actually started, to be honest with you. They, they recapped last week uh, the main events of Dynamite and the brilliant main event of Kelly Omega and MJF from Collision. Um, they kicked it straight off with MJF. Um, she Renee Young reminds him that she needs partners tonight. Um, but MJF has a list of the roster and told to find three guys that are not total arseholes, funnily enough. Um, Adam Cobb was on video chat and he said he should take, uh, should consider MJ, uh, Samoa Joe's offer. And MJF was, he said he'd think about it. But last time he was in the ring, he almost broke MJF's neck and he thanked uh, Adam Cole and walked off. And then you hear the dulcet tones of Roderick Strong, where he says, Adam, Adam. <laughs> and uh, Cole shuts off the video chat quite quickly uh, at that point. Um, the opening contest to dynamite and we all we can keep saying this until we're blue in the face we always say start your show off hot and my goodness me they certainly did that orange cassidy claudia castagnoli with an absolute brilliant contest uh to open up dynamite for the international championship this match had pretty much everything you could imagine um but it didn't have the title change um Hurricane Run on a roll-up victory for Orange Cassidy. Uh, he moves on, uh, but it was so close. I mean, it was such a great story on this. And they was employing their game plan to their finishers. Cassidy finds a way to win like he always does as champion. However, Moxley is here at this point. Um, Cassidy went to charge him. He gets pounded by Moxley. Um but Claudio Moxley disposed of the security guards as well. He locks in a rear naked choke, but Claudio pulls him off um, as Moxley storms away. Moxley not happy at this point at all. Um, <clears throat> Moxley then, there's a bit more MJF. He's knocking on Omega's door, uh, only for Jericho to open it and shut it in his face. Turns the corner and Wardlow at this point throws him against the wall and threatens to take everything from MJF when he least expected it. Now, that is one of the things that I've mentioned before. I think that's when we spoke to myself and Dave last week. MJF has got enemies coming out of everywhere at the minute. And that is such a great thing for AEW because it makes it more competitive. Who's next for MJF? Who's going to attack him? Is he going to have another enemy? You know, what's going on uh, with MJF? And he's got a list of opponents now. So I'm not saying that Jay White isn't going to beat him at full gear, but there's a lot of elements to the MJF heavyweight championship storyline. That is intriguing. So very well played for AEW for that. Um, Moxley's in there. He says that uh, he shows Cassidy respect for no, when no one else did. 
Mox isn't doing too good right now, but maybe it's even about Cassidy at full gear. Moxley is going to beat Cassidy within an inch of his life with his bare hands. Yikes. Wouldn't want to be Orange Cassidy at full gear. That's shaping up to be another great pay-per-view from AEW. That match could steal the show uh, in many ways. However, we're going to move on now to the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championships. The Elite uh, and Hangman Adam Page, well, the Elite, basically, versus the Mogul Embassy. <laughs> and this is going to be... Well, this was, sorry, a quite quick match, to be honest. It was a whole load of nothing. Uh, and it's really just for the story. The 90 seconds, the last 90 seconds of this match, uh, so the Mogul Embassy in the ring, triple team in Matt and Nick. It wasn't that great. But anyway, what I would say, triple powerbomb, knee to the face by Brian Cage. Open the gates and the gates of agony. And this one is over as quickly as it started, to be quite honest with you. Really didn't last long. The gates of agony have claimed the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Championships. I'll get that out right. Um, incredible, really. I mean, the Elite got absolutely annihilated in this, and I'm not quite sure for blocking some of the sun out. It's, it's amazingly sunny in England, and it's it's in the it's affecting the camera a little bit, so apologies. Um, the, yeah, the Six-Man Championships changed hands quite in decisive fashion, and that really kind of continues the story with uh, Hangman and the Page and Swerve Strickland. And it also makes me wonder, is it time for the young bucks to turn on or to turn heel? Because I think sometimes they're going a bit stale. I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys can have your own opinions on it. I just think maybe it's time for the bucks to turn uh, heel again. It just seemed a little bit. And it, it did say, you know, it did show at the end because Jackson loses his temper, destroys the announce table and everything at ringside. So... It is interesting at that point to see if, if the Young Bucks will turn again. Uh, I think they should, to be honest. Um, MJF was uh, still looking for teammates and his scenes, uh, well, as soon as that Samoa Joe's looking, doesn't knock. Uh, he sees MJ, he sees Darby Allen's door uh, and gets a Sharpie to write emo bitch, then walks away. The acclaimed come out with a pick us MJF sign as well. Um, <clears throat> we will see who MJF's partners are a little bit later on. Um, at this point, uh, Shivani welcomes uh, Adam Copeland to the ring. Um, he puts Copeland puts over Darby and Sting. He said he knows Tony wants answers. Will Copeland team with them at full gear? Uh, at this point, Christian, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne come out, uh, basically warning Adam Copeland that if he did come into this match, that his career will be over. Um, there was then at this point, well, he basically said that Christian will snap uh, Copeland's neck and leave him in the wheelchair with uh, the rest of his life, forcing his kids to wipe the drool from his face. Uh, this is on the stage at this point. They then come to in the ring and starts fighting everybody off. Um, Luchasaurus hits the extinction from behind. Uh, Darby Allen's there, connect, uh, unfortunately connects with Wayne World. He looks for the concerto at this point. But here comes Sting to save the day. And Adam Copeland has said that that he will be his partner. So there'll be there'll be Sting and Darby Allen's partner at full gear. So it'll be Christian Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne versus Sting, Darby Allen and Adam Copeland. That'll be interesting to see where that one goes. Um, time for Tony Khan's, well, it was an important announcement, then a huge announcement. And, and that was that they put in the tickets for All In on sale December 1st. 
This has caused a lot of controversy online. People are comparing Tony Khan to Dixie Carter. Uh, every time ratings started drumbling, there was a big announcement. Um, was this the big announcement? Should this have been the big announcement? No, I think perhaps they did announce that they signed Ric Flair to a two-year, a multi-year agreement with the Woo Energy Drink. Perhaps that would have been a bigger announcement than saying you're putting the all-in tickets on. Smart move by AEW, though, uh, in a way, because obviously Christmas is right around the corner. So to have these going on sale on December 1st or a bit earlier, if you've got the pre-sale code, probably good, smart thinking from Tony Khan there, because obviously people are looking for Christmas presents. What a great idea. Hint, hint, anybody, great idea uh, to get me one. But uh, no, I, I'm only kidding. We'll, we'll be going to uh, all-in definitely next year. Um, but a great idea. Did it warrant a huge announcement? <clears throat> I don't really think so at that point. But nevertheless, that was the major announcement. Um, <clears throat> the next match was Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. They had Jake Hager ringside against Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, obviously part of the Jericho, Jericho Appreciation Society. It was okay, this match. It really didn't do a lot. It, 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 the match existed and the, look, Jericho and Omega are a pretty fun team but in terms of the match itself there wasn't really a lot to it um, Jericho hits the Judas effect on Parker for the win um, and that was really it um, at the next point though Don Callis took the mic and compared Jericho and Omega to cockroaches uh, Callis has challenged Jericho and Omega to a street fight in Dynamite in two weeks time before calling them dummies um, Omega says at least they aren't stupid heads uh, but it was never about winning, it was about hurting Jericho and Omega, Omega accept but he's bringing his best friend Coates to Ibushi Jericho takes the mic and says he's still a man short so he's bringing in someone that is even bigger than Will Hobbs and a giant I think we know where this is going, obviously Hobbs, Fletcher Callis and uh, Tegeshida were all on the outside and out comes Paul White the big show for those of you who watch WWE. Um, he comes out, he literally lays out Fletcher with, <laughs> with a right hand. It was a brilliant one. Um, and so it looks like it's going to be Ibushi, Jericho, Omega, and White against the Don Callis family in a couple of weeks in a street fight. Um, at this point, uh, Rene Young is in the Elite's locker room with Omega and Jericho as they come back from the break. Nick Jackson walks in, Matt Nick Jackson wants in. And Matt wants to know who invited this prick <laughs> Boy in the Jericho. Jericho said the Bucks and Matt have lost their titles and they weren't good enough tonight. Matt says, what's the point of reuniting the elite? They're never going to have each other's back. And then says, clean up what you have done. There you go. Is this the point of the, the heel turn I was talking about, the elite? <clears throat> Interesting. Uh, but... We will see what happens with that one. Uh, will could the Matt and Nick Jackson join Don Callis and his family? You know, Will Ospreay's there, Carl Fletcher's there. Could they have Matt and Nick Jackson show up and join the Don Callis family as well? That would be a very interesting subplot uh, to this. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that one as it as it rolls on. We now move on to the uh, women's world championship: Hikaru Shida, Willow Nightingale. Um, <clears throat> some really good offensive here from uh, Willow Nightingale. She's always the nearly woman on this. She feel I feel like she gets a, she hit the big pound. She hit the Death Valley Driver. There was a, that was a two and a half count there, but she the wins uh, with a roll up knee strike and then the, the katana, and she wins it with that. Um, but very close at that point. You know, she has had three defenses in a week. 
The only thing I would say about Willow Nightingale is she's lost a lot of matches on this. And that's the key point. You know, when you talk about momentum, when you talk about, you know, we speak about LA Knight on, on the WWE stuff and saying, well, if you're going to do something with this guy because he's over, you need to do it. With Willow Nightingale, it seems as if the fans are always behind us. She gets a great reaction, but she's losing a lot of matches. Now, does that turn into the House of Black? Does she go over to that side? What happens with Willow Nightingale? She did hug uh, Sheena uh, at this point, and Timeless Tony Storm is here. Uh, <laughs> Sheena fires up the ramp with a knee strike and chases her to the back as the lights go out. Julia Hart is now in the ring with Willow Nightingale. Willow asks Hart how she's been, and Hart extends her hand. Willow looks to escape, but Sky Blue turns around, uh, turns to face off with Willow. Was this going to be the big heel turn that we was expecting from Sky Blue? No, she turns around and spits mist in Julia Hart. I don't think that's over yet. I really don't think it's over yet. But I think that could they do a swerve and have Willow join the House of Black instead of Sky Blue? Although Sky Blue's been showing it with the facial stuff. Could it be the other way around and Willow Nightingale joins the House of Black? Who would be the better fit? Drop it in the comments. You can ask that question. Who would be the better fit for the House of Black? Willow Nightingale or Sky Blue. MJF is back at this point and he still hasn't found a load of partners. Um, he's back with the roster list and the acclaimed are there. Caster says MJF has to scissor them and they will wear whatever's in the bag. And MJF says absolutely no chance. And he's got one more group on his list. Jeff Jarrett is around the corner and he says he's here to help as MJF looks over his options. <laughs> Uh, Renee Young is back with Roderick Strong and Kingdom. Roderick tells Cole that MJF hasn't even asked him to be partners, but Cole tells him to shut up before hanging up his phone. This it is funny. It is really funny. Now, who was going to be MJF's partners? Well, it was the acclaimed. Yes, it was. And they finished off with the rap with Bullet Club is not bad, boys. They're just some New Japan rejects and ass boys. Thankfully, a good promo from Max Cast. I do think that the acclaimed are a bit stale uh, on this one. Um, I think then I do think the, the acclaimed need to go heel. That's my view on it. It's my view. Um, this match itself was a was a quite was a really good match. It was not bad. Uh there wasn't there wasn't a lot of it. It was kind of like a, a playing by numbers to advance the story, if that makes sense. Um, there was a lot of tag, obviously, in this match, there was a lot of tagging in and out. Um, there was there was a kangaroo kick by MJF to both guns, but just as look just as it seems as if he was going to win, Jay Wright sneaks in from behind, hits the Blade Runner, and pins the champion. Should the champion be pinned? Well, I think you have to look at it from a basis of you have to see that the champion is vulnerable, so that it, you know that, that to to basically increase the chances of Jay Wyatt walking out, to increase the believability of Jay Wyatt walking out of full gear. Uh, as the heavyweight champion, you would have to say that yes, you would you would assume that him pinning MJF adds that believability. A lot of people, it's not like it needs to be unbelievable that uh, Jay White wouldn't beat MJF. I think if you look at them two in the ring itself, they're going to have a great match. There's not a lot in between. Jay White's been on a hell of a run, so they probably didn't need to pin uh, MJF in the situation. But nevertheless, the Guns and the Bullet Club Gold pick up another win. 
After the match, Jay White did grab the belt to lay out MJF, but the acclaimed clear the ring. White gets back into the ring, waits for MJF to get up, but Caster takes the bullet for MJF and takes the title in the face. And just when you think it couldn't get any better for uh, uh, <laughs> the acclaim, MJF does decide to scissor them uh, as they go, as Dynamite goes off the air. And on collision, I believe they're celebrating their 69th day reign as tag team champions. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, Dynamite for me, 7, 7, 7.5 out of 10. It was good. Could have been a lot better, but you can't expect every show to be a 10 every week. Anyway, guys, back with Collision. I'm off to Rev Pro. I've got so much. We've got interviews galore this week, so keep it hooked on our channels. Hit us on Twitter, HTT Buckle. Search Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast and all other socials. And until next time, everybody, buckle down and stay safe. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTT Buckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.